Uh, Dunedin Vet has filled her backyard with planter boxes and is putting the surplus in a stall outside her gate for others to take home. Dr Helen Beatty posted in her local community page asking if people would be interested in veggies from her garden and based on the overwhelming response, she's planted more than she needs. Now, as well as being a vet, Helen runs a charity called Animal Welfare Aotearoa and earlier this year teamed up with advocates to deliver a petition calling for a national food strategy. And Dr Helen Beatty joins me now. Hello. Turnout quite juicy. You say Beatty or Beatty? Beatty. Beatty, just checking, thank you. Well, you're really walking the walk here, aren't you? Uh, yes, uh, I guess you could say that. It's all come as a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Uh, it was a bit of a casual post, and I thought I could do something, and it's got a bit out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your backyard, what you've done with it. Oh, well, I've had a bit of a vegetable garden out there for a wee while now, um, built it up over the 10, 15 years that I've been here Um but I've also had kids in the house up until uh, next year, and uh, given that they're leaving home, there's less mouths to feed, and I thought that I could put the produce to um, to good use if I put it out the front and gave it away. How big an area are we talking about? Oh, it's just a normal uh, town size section, so quarter acre and yeah, um, bit of lawn and, and quite a few planter boxes. So yeah, it's not actually not completely full. I did say to someone the other day, if someone wants to come along and turn over more of the lawn and grow more, then I'm, I'm up to that too. <laughs> but there's only so much I can manage. Yeah. Um, no offence to the good people and weather of Dunedin, but is it <laughs> tough to grow vegetables <laughs> in your part of the world? <laughs> Horribly offended, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we don't grow the same things down here as what you get in, uh, in other parts of the country. Um, but, yeah, we can still do a, a pretty good job. I did say my neighbour uh, over the fence has got a, a glass house that I've got my eye on too, so mm. you better watch out. <laughs> yeah. What have you grown so far? Oh, at the moment, there's just a few winter things that are um, still in the ground, um, but I've just planted uh, pretty much everything that's ready to go at this point, so seedlings of onions and brassicas, lettuces, spinach, lots of peas. I like sugar snaps and um, snow peas, so mm. yeah, plenty to, to choose from. How do you, you learn how to do it? Um, a lot of people would love this idea, but kind of be a bit nervous to start, I think. Uh, trial and error, and the error part's important. <laughs> because not not everything grows and I have crop failure from time to time. My grandparents were both really keen gardeners and, you know, as a kid used to go and raid the peas and the strawberries and all the rest of it. And you sort of don't think about the fact that it's a real skill to actually have a, a really flourishing and productive garden. So I moved in and started putting things in and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And, you know, sometimes my soil hasn't been very good, so I've had to improve some of that. And, um, yeah, there's... Um, I mean, we've always had a bit coming out of the garden, but it is a bit hit and miss depending on uh, what I'm learning or not mm. learning at the time. <laughs> You're dealing with wind at the moment too, eh? Oh, my goodness, yes. We had a bit of a setback yesterday, actually. So, um, again, sort of trying to be a bit sustainable. I pulled bits of old wood out of my um, garage and built the, the food stall. Uh, didn't give it any anchors, didn't tie it down, uh, and it got a bit destroyed in the wind yesterday. So I had to go back to square one and, and rebuild that, bang some more nails in. Hmm. But it was, it was really windy. Um, everything at the moment is really low to the ground because it hasn't grown so much, so it didn't get too damaged. But, yep, that was, was a bit challenging for other reasons. So what is your plan for the surplus? Yeah, um, so uh, about end of the week, I haven't really got a firm plan. It'll be a little bit... Um, uh, just as it as it comes, but uh, around about Thursday, put a message up on the um, local Facebook pages um, that 
we're interested and just to say this is roughly what's going in the stall and then have people uh, come past and, and pick stuff up. Um, so every week will be different just depending on what's ready to be harvested and um, yeah, and, and what I can fill up it each week. Why are you doing it? Well, that's a, there's a bit of a long story, and I heard you in your intro there talking about the national food strategy, that um, the campaign that I've been involved with, um, which possibly seems like a bit of a weird thing for an, a wealthy advocate to be <laughs> to be involved with. But um, as you noted, I teamed up with um, Angela Clifford from ETNZ and Hilary Pearson from Freedom Farms, and we ran a campaign and also a parliamentary petition asking um, government to uh, develop a national food strategy. So it only came to my attention uh, last year that no one in New Zealand is actually responsible for um, feeding us. Uh, there's no there's no plan around that. Uh, there has been work done by the Manukau, uh, sorry, Aotearoa Circle, and uh, they wrote the Manukau Initiative, which talks about how to provide food security and what some of the, the challenges are around that. But that really got me thinking about, um, you know, what I can do locally. Um, I think one of the things we need to think about into the future is um, food systems that are, um, are local, that are light, light footprinted and, you know, coming from biodiverse systems. Um, so this was my little sort of, um, a little bit of a response to that, I suppose, and, and producing some local food for my local community. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the National Food Strategy? You know, what, what is it and why it's important? Yeah, I mean, overarchingly, uh, it would be about um, having um, all of the parts of the food system part of the thinking around how we um, uh, produce our food in New Zealand and how we get that to our local communities. Um, We created a website, if you Google uh, Fix Our Food System, and there's this big complex map at the bottom of one of the pages, and it shows, it's it's not everything, but it shows a whole bunch of the different things that we need to think about when we uh, talk about our our food system. So, uh, for example, for me, my passion is around um, animals and and the welfare of animals. If if we're going to have animals in our food system, then it's important that we we take care of them. So the national food strategy, rather than just uh, looking at the supermarkets, which is where the Grocery Commissioner is focused, and I would say, based on the Wheat Big story, we do need that as well, but that's only one part of a much bigger and more complex um, food system and the national food strategy would be about pulling that much broader conversation together and, and um, developing uh, a plan for how to pr- pr- um, produce food and uh, do that within a resilient system um, for local communities. Why do you need a strategy? Why not just let the market um, sort of sort itself <laughs> out and people find food where they want to find it? Well, do you know what? There is actually an angle uh, that I, uh, where I think that that is also part of what we need to do. So, for example, what I'm doing here, this is just one little bit, and there's many other people doing heaps more than I am, um, and that's great. Um, that is certainly part of a food strategy. But what we're talking about is also a much bigger piece here, right? So, uh, for example, where we've got um, produce that's concentrated in just one area of the country. We had this with the um, cyclones recently taking out a whole bunch of um, produce up on the East Coast. Like how do we respond to those things? In those types of um, questions, we really need a, a national lens over that to um, have you know the right people at the table to be able to drive different outcomes. So you're talking about some sort of coordination and planning rather than just letting the um, uh, the beast <laughs> sort yeah, of do its own thing. Yeah. yeah, okay, it's <laughs> yeah, interesting. Indeed. Does any yeah. country yeah, have I mean, a national food strategy? 
Well, no, interestingly, um, there's a few that do. So um, Scotland recently announced these, for example, um, like as in the, in the last 12 months. I should also say that um, the reason we ask government to be involved is because, to your point, there's no reason why it can't be done you know, off uh, local and independent initiatives. But there's also this sort of overarching um, uh, steering piece, I guess, and what we would like to do, or like the government to do, is to facilitate that. But we're also very clear that it needs to be community-led, right? Lots of people talk about the people who know best what their community needs is the community. So the government uh, would be sort of the yeah, the facilitator rather than the controller and the steerer of it. And that, that's a really important um, distinction. We don't want a top-down, heavy-handed approach, but we do need them to facilitate bringing those voices to the table and, and getting the strategy set up. What was the response from the government when you presented the petition? Well, very positive, actually. Uh, well, I shouldn't say the government. Um, we presented it to my local MP, uh, Ingrid Leary, um, and there's a little clip on uh, on VAWA's website that you can go and have a look at that. Um, but I did just note that the uh, Labour Party manifesto just came out saying if they are re-elected, then they will put uh, in place a plan to develop a national food strategy. So I'm, I'm hoping that's partly due to the advocacy we've done, Jesse, but I'm sure it's a whole bunch of different things and yeah. not just the work that we did. Got a text. Jesse, come on. Dunedin has a lovely climate. Don't believe all the <laughs> garbage you hear of the weather down south. You can grow veggies very well and we don't have bugs like they do up north. It <laughs> is true. I also say I um, I never dismiss people's fears about the weather in Dunedin because it stops people moving here and I quite like the size <laughs> of the city, so I wouldn't want it to be too good. <laughs> so, hey, a big part of your work is um, animal welfare. Is that a separate issue to the food strategy? It seems like it is. Well... As I say, it's kind of a weird thing if you, uh, you know, from on a surface level to have a veterinarian uh, advocating for a national food strategy. But actually, for those of us who believe there are going to be animals in our food system, then we have to take care of those animals. So the animal welfare uh, side of it, to my mind, is actually inherently part of what we're talking about. Um, so, for example, one of the things I worry about is, uh, you know, really um, cheap, monetarily cheap uh, way of producing food is, is through intensive um, poultry farming, for example. And I think a lot of us know enough about um, those um, fast-growing chickens to understand that their welfare is not good. So if they're not resilient systems either. They're um, uh, in big barns, um, you know, with a lot of intensive uh, inputs going into them. And if we have a weather event that goes over the, uh, those areas, then, you know, they are not going to do well in those systems. So whilst it's sort of a side issue, it's actually inherently part of a food system, as I say, if we believe there's going to be animals in our food system. Hey, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks so much. Nice to chat, Jessie. Dunedin vet Dr Helen Beatty talking about growing veggies for her neighbourhood and her wider vision for a national food strategy in New Zealand.